Let's talk HR. Let's talk HR. UKG's podcast about HR and the future of work. New HR. Zukunft der Arbeit. Le futur des RH. El futuro del trabajo. Future of work. Mitarbeitererfahrung. L'expérience employée. Employee experience. Digital. L'avenir du travail. Digital. El futuro de los recursos humanos. Let's talk HR. Let's talk HR. Welcome to Let's Talk HR. Let's Talk HR is your newly podcast that focuses on HR, the future of work, and issues that affect your teams and employees. Join us and our special guest to deep dive into the state of HR now and beyond as we discuss megatrends impacting work and the employee experience. This podcast is hosted by UKG. At UKG, our purpose is people. Built from a merger that created one of the largest cloud companies in the world, Ultimate Kronos Group is a global provider of HCM, workforce management, and HR service delivery solutions that help tens of thousands of organizations around the world in every industry to drive better business outcomes, improve HR effectiveness, and help make work a better experience for everyone. To learn more, visit ukg.com. Let's talk HR. Let's talk HR. Hi, my name is Rémi Malenfant, and I'm the Director of HR Innovation and Customer Experience at UKG. And today I have the chance to talk with Perry Teams. Welcome, Perry. Happy to have you on the show. Thank you, Rémi. Happy to be here. We're glad you're here. So, Perry, uh, you are the founder and the Chief Energy Officer at PTHR. Uh, you are also a TEDx speaker. You're also a professor and a visiting fellow at four different UK business schools. You're a LinkedIn learning instructor. And on top of that, you're also the author of two books, Transformational HR and The Energized Workplace. Perry, maybe we can start and you can explain to us what a chief energy officer is. Of course, Remy. Thank you. Yeah. So um, it came from uh, some work I did with a client where I would go and work with her teams uh, and it was literally on demand. I would turn up in the morning and she would say, oh, can you go and work with the employee relations team this this week? And I would do so. And after a while, I said to her, I really like this sort of irregular assignment, but I just wondered, you know, what's what's the real impact I'm having here? And she said, well, after you've worked with the team, their levels of energy appear to have been risen and continue to rise even after you've gone. So I thought, well, maybe that is describing the impact I have. I am also renowned for my energy, uh, Remy. So, um, you know, I'm very much a sort of positive exponent of the art of possible. Um, and so I do try and attack things with energy and, and, and manage and balance my energy throughout so yeah it's a it's a play on ceo but it does describe who i am yeah, i love it it's, it's brilliant and i think we all need to have a chief energy officer especially after this so. terrible this terrible year we really need that talking about Indeed. that perry if you had to say what is your best memory of 2020 what what would that be so I think I've got two, uh, Remy, in mind. One is um, uh, sort of work-related, and, and I, I published that book, The Energised Workplace. But really, it was working with you and uh, Joe at UKG and publishing my first ever white paper on agility in HR. It was one of those bucket list things. So that I look at very fondly as an achievement in work. And then out of work, my football team, who, who used to play in the uh, fourth tier of the English Football League, Northampton, uh, were promoted to the third level uh, so that was a real bonus for me in an otherwise very <laughs> challenging year. <laughs> That's nice. Thank you, Perry. 
Um, so maybe we, we we can start with the with the discussion today. So um, uh, the, the 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 goal today was to talk about different HR mega trends uh, that we, we are seeing in 2021, um, and we have actually three HR mega trends that we think every HR leader should be aware of. And I'd like to discuss those mega trends with you and get more uh, insights from you, um, uh, Perry. See what you think, and also you know get some feedback from um, the organizations you're working with, and see if those trends uh, relate to them and whether or not they think it's it's important for them. Um, so without further ado, let's start with the the, the first mega trends for 2021 that we call um, that we call people for for, for profit. Um, yes. The idea, you know, is in, in recent months, we've seen a lot of people questioning the, the meaning of work, um, yeah. not only for for them personally, but also um, questioning the meaning of work in general and the, the purpose of their of their organization. And we, we think the, the question behind that is corporate social responsibility. Um, it's not really a new topic. It has been on the HR roadmap for, for quite a long time, but um, now it's becoming more and more of a Pressing, uh, uh, pressing topic for from yeah. an organ organization. Um, just like customers, you know, employees, they want to, uh, they, they expect their employers, their organization to respect the, um, the principle of sustainable development. So um, that, here's my question to you, uh, Perry. Do you think this is um, a big trend? Uh, is it a trend that you see also in all the organization you, you're, you're working with, this uh, pressure on uh, corporate social responsibility? Yeah. Uh, so yes, it is in, in, in a very short answer. So I'll, I'll give you a very relevant one with a client I'm working with now. They're a very recognizable high street retail bank. And so I am uh, I'm starting to work with the HR team. And quite quickly, what I got to realize is that their transformation agenda isn't just about digitized services and more adaptable ways to um, create value for their customers but it's to do good things for the planet. And they've been very explicit in saying that's what they want to stand for. And when I spoke to employees there, they were uh, really positive about the fact that that was so prominent in the way they were describing their future. So I think it really does strike a chord with people that it isn't just about stacking up cash, it is literally about doing something good beyond simply that profit. Um, and we shouldn't be surprised about it because there's a concept called the triple bottom line, which has been around for some time, which is people, planet and profit. So I think, you know, we've seen the emergence of this with Whole Foods uh, retail in the US and uh, organizations like Patagonia, who stand very strongly in the space of environmental awareness. So I think it's gone beyond lobbying and perhaps something that feels a little bit like a box tick. And it really does mean something for people to know their employer is out to do good and also be profitable and successful. So, yeah, so I think there are lots of examples of companies now who have taken it beyond something to put in their corporate report. And it's in everyday conversations about carbon footprint, about energy utilization, about sponsoring corporate initiatives that are to do with environmental restoration and repair. Um, but I think it's also about people centricity as well. So doing work in communities, helping with education, and um, I guess, you know, sort of opening up to school children to understand what that company does. Um, and 
and, and talking of people, there's a, a really nice example I like of the uh, financial in institution from Sweden called Handelsbanken. Um, their philosophy on branch expansion wasn't just that they found a nice building. They would recruit a branch manager. And if there was no building near where that branch manager lived and wanted to operate, they would find one for them. So it was almost like they found the people first and then found mm -hmm. the facilities to enable them to become part of their success and team. So I think there's nothing stronger than people centricity and a sort of planetary focus that gives people a strong sense of connection to an organization that, that clearly stands for the future and so um what, what would you recommend for an uh, organization who maybe have been talking a lot about corporate social responsibility yeah. but more you know as a communication tool uh but now they really want to get hands on on the on the topic and 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 really um share this with the with, with their employees what would you recommend where, where to start Yeah, and I think you're right to, to sort of put it that way because it, it needs to feel like it's active and it's an activism rather than simply, like you said, communication and rhetoric. Um, so there's an organization called B Corporation and that, that stands for Benefit Corporation. And so uh, there's about three and a half thousand companies across 74 countries that are B Corporation certified. So as a starting point, what any company could do is instantly go to look at B Corporation um, website and just look at the criteria and the way that they assess a company's viability to be accredited as a benefit corporation. And it will really help formulate policies, direct actions, focus thoughts and enable initiatives and activities. So that's one thing. And the small company that I run, uh, we're currently pending with our application for B Corporation accreditation because we want to be that sort of organization. Um, But I think it's also in understanding the meaning that people derive from their work. And I think there's some really open conversations to have. So HR, as part of perhaps employee engagement, can start to talk about things like environmental issues, social and community issues as part of the dialogue where um, employees can say, well, if we were more active in community groups, we might be able to recruit more diverse people. So I think there's a definite business benefit beyond simply looking like it's a good thing to do. It can help expand the workforce, like I say, for diversity, and it can show real strong connections to the place where organizations are based. So I'd say research and get some parameters and some guidance on what other companies are doing through something like B Corp and then get into dialogue with people about what, what really means something to them and start to embed that within the sort of corporate um, agenda, I suppose. And I think what is also maybe difficult for, for some organization is the, the, the pressure on on the leaders to take a stand on some political issues uh, you know we, we've had a, a very tough year also uh, on on many um, uh, yeah diversity and 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 broadly uh, political issues this year do you think it's also more and more important for 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 leaders of a company to to, to try to do that to to have a voice also on those topics Yeah, definitely. So I think if we start to look at incidents, and, and there was the famous incident uh, at Starbucks, wasn't there, where they mm. um, had a, a complaint about somebody who was racially harassed in a store. And so they actually shut their stores and instigated a whole series of training for, for people in Starbucks employ about how to, to tackle that sort of issue. So I think there are some commitments that can clearly be made. And I think Black Lives Matter was a terrific opportunity mm. for companies 
go, well, hang on a minute. Now, this is this is bigger than us. We want to stand on the right side of this argument and show allyship. We have people of colour in our workforce and we need to show that we support the fairness and equity that uh, some people take for granted and others don't experience it even at all. So I think some of the voices, some of the, um, I guess you'd say, sort of stands and the, and the campaigns that followed from that, I think were very telling about a company's status in those sort of matters. So yeah, so I think you're right. I think it's it probably would have been considered too political in the past, but I think it's now more moral and humanist. And I think that's where the companies that show that value are now starting to be seen very positively by potential employees and existing employees. And and that creates that sense of engendering and that commitment and belonging. And I don't think that's um, to be underestimated. I think those are the things that help you in hard times. Those are the things that help you show that you're there for the long term, not just for, you know, the, the sort of short term profiteering. So, yeah, I think it's really important. And I think we've seen a lot of examples of it. And I think there's more to come in how people can demonstrate mm -hmm. they're committed to diversity, equality and inclusion. Yeah. And it's really the, the time to, to act on those on those topics. Yeah. Sure. So um, moving on, Perry, on you know another big trend that, that we're seeing for uh, 2021. Again, maybe it's not completely new, but it, maybe it has changed a little bit recently. Uh, I'm talking about work-life balance. Uh, so we, yeah. we've been talking about that for, for, for quite some years now. Uh, but I think, especially after um, uh, uh, after 2020, where everyone, was, well, not everyone, but a lot of people were working from home, um, we realized that it's very difficult to, to talk about work-life balance. Maybe there is no balance at all. Um, yeah. uh, and so we, we we need to rethink this this whole concept. Um, at UKG, we love uh, we like to to talk about life work synergy, because the yeah. two actually uh, are melting to to together. Um, is yeah. it something that you see that is high on the agenda of the the agile leaders you're working with? Yeah, I, I, and I have to say I like the term uh, life work synergy because I think it is that it is a synergistic kind of relationships rather than a balance and a compromise. I think that's exactly the right approach. So, um, hats off to you for doing that and, and kind of naming it that way. I think what we've seen in the pandemic, and again, this is reflected in, in experiences I'm having with clients right now. People are reporting exhaustion, fatigue. They're the blurred lines between when they're on duty and when they're off duty, and you know the, the childcare responsibilities and so on. So I think what we've seen is this seeping through of life and work into you know what it what is one human being, and I think those leaders that have started to demonstrate that care and empathy are the ones that people have responded to most positively. So again, I think it's gone beyond programs and perhaps token measures and benefits into everyday being and everyday conversations. So uh, yes, I think it's gone up the agenda of importance. And I think what we're starting to see is organisations who are demonstrating very active duty of care. So that's not just you know sending people um, occasional parcels, but actually every day having the opportunity to talk and lots of assistance programmes and better use of technology to connect people and so on. I think those are the ones where people are feeling more connected to them now as a result of it um, but no doubt there's this dawn isn't there of the hybrid model uh, which is part remote part uh, location based and we don't know what that really looks like yet because we haven't really had the chance to explore it but we've seen people who have really missed the camaraderie of being together and that's had an impact on their mental health and they've felt isolated um, we've seen people who have really really struggled to switch off and their work never feels like it's done and that's not very 
very healthy. So I think we're much more responsive now to those factors. And we know they have an impairing aspect on people's creativity, uh, capability, and ultimately the success of, of organizations. And we've seen some pretty big declarations from companies who have committed to ongoing, um, uh, you know, distance working and, and um, attending to things like culture uh, and how people feel connected. So, yeah, we've almost seen the dawn of what we used to call an offsite, where we went somewhere to talk about strategy, has now become the onsite, where we perhaps bring people together in the office to talk about strategy, but the rest of the work gets done in a very dispersed fashion. So I think we're working our way through that, and I guess the the attention we need to have is that we're continually experimenting and probing and sensing and getting data and understanding and narrative to help us make better choices. I think people need more options, but they need more help in how they can use those options to create that life work synergy you talk about. So I think it's an everyday thing now, Remy. I don't think it's an occasional monthly discussion around the board table. I think everybody's talking about it every day. Also, Peria, uh, just going back on what, what you said a few few minutes before, um, the impact on, of technology uh, on, yeah. on this question of like, the, the the work life balance, because um, you know a lot of people were very tired of being connected all day and being uh, yeah. moving from one call to another uh, uh, conference call and whatever. You said that uh, technology can also actually be um, a good help for for, for this question. Yeah. Can can you give us some examples? Yeah. So I, so I think the the kind of things you're talking about the the almost like um you know blocked out day all on calls i think has started to become a little bit tiresome so technology gives us a chance to do and, and here's an example and i know this has worked in clients of mine and we do it in our company asynchronous meetings which means we don't have to shoot we will perhaps record an audio file of what we're thinking and we'll send that to a colleague as if we had a meeting with them. They pick it up when they want to. They listen to it when they want to. They record their response back. And then we just literally need five minutes to go, I heard what you said. I heard your response. Here's the two things we need to decide on. Bang. So instead of a half hour meeting, we've then got this split of technology enabling us to disperse the effort and make it more convenient for us. And then we have that really nice connection just to clarify things. So I think we need to just get cleverer about how we use our tech. And platforms like yours are great because what they do is they allow people to perhaps interact when it's convenient for them which maybe once they've done their homeschooling and they can then do sort of 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. Um, and use the technology that you provide to do some transactions and to make changes and so on, um, irrespective of whether people are on duty. So I love the fact that technology could break the day up so that we can assemble it how we want. It's those things I think we need to get better at, but we're starting to see the early signs of recalibrating. Yeah, I love, I love the example you, you you took on the on on the meetings because actually it means like be prepared for for, for the meeting you're going to, <laughs> which mm. was actually what we should have done also before. Exactly right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, on, on this question also of the the, the you know the um, life work synergy or, or work life balance, um, we, we've been uh, we've been talking a lot about mental health and how to keep people engaged uh, when when they are not in in, in the office. Um, a, a lot of companies were asking themselves whether it's the responsibility of HR or if it's the responsibility of the of the management um, I, I think what we we've seen uh, also the, the, this year and and that's um, 
Another big trend that's actually the, the, the third trend that we are, we are seeing for 2021 is that the role of HR has changed a lot. And we're asking more and more to, um, to the HR leader, but to the, to the whole HR team as well, uh, to, to be really at the forefront of, of many different business uh, topics. Um, and this means that they will have to get new, uh, new skills, new competencies, but also be more, more agile. I know it's a, it's a key topic uh, for, for you. you. You really love to uh, help companies to find ways to be, to be more agile. Is it something that you think is crucial now? I think so, because I do think that's part of the life work synergy. And I do think it needs to be part of the signature of, of HR, really, that it's responsive, but not just in the sort of just keep throwing the work at me. It's responsive in the way that it, it knows that, you know, human beings, their behavioral fluctuations, their moods and needs and dependencies are in themselves pretty agile. So therefore, I think, you know, we started to look at things like learning programs in a really different way. And so I'm working with a client right now where we have said we will not be running virtual training courses. We will have materials that you can consume whenever you want to. We'll be having very short group sessions to get to the heart of the issue. We'll then have some video based recordings that we can share and then we'll do a little bit of coaching one to one. So we've kind of broken it up. We've atomized the art of learning and we've reconstructed it to be more flexible and consumable so I think what we're finding is a training course that used to last six hours in person was far more energizing than six hours sat in front of a zoom screen so I think we've realized the method just does not facilitate the right thing so we've broken it up and that's the sort of agility I think that HR in the sort of learning um, area has had to demonstrate and I guess the educators in in the sort of schooling system are starting to look at the same things so that's just one example but I think we've also got this responsiveness and, and, and a need to have intelligence, not just about what people are doing and their performance and their outputs, but how they're feeling and what we can do to help them with things like health and concentration and focus and, and, and that sort of life balance we talked about. So I think these are the things that have thrust HR right into the centre of the organisation's um, mission control, as I've called it recently that we need to get away from board structures that just look at papers and start thinking very reactively to how do people feel this week? What adjustments can we make? What have we learned from last week? And what could we program for the, for the forthcoming week? That's not short-term planning. That's just being very responsive and reactive and agile to what people need at the time. But how can you do that uh, you know, at scale? Uh, if you're running yeah. a big company? So I think um, this is where we, we need to build the relationship side of what happens in a workplace. So that um, whether it's geographic, whether it's functional, um, or, or whether it's uh, around you know, a client or, or whatever, there, there, there are some sort of deconstructs that sit within the organizational framework. And so I think we, that's what we need to start paying attention to, which is, yes, we have an overarching corporate governance, but the work gets done in small teams who are very highly connected and they focus on either customer or internal customer or a product or a service or whatever it might be. And that's where we need to have those crucial conversations. And then from those small teams, we can aggregate them up and then start to present a sort of a holistic picture. So instead of the board relying on perhaps engagement surveys happening every year, we can quite literally almost have like a weekly pulse check 
on a certain part of the organization and then um, compare it to others. And so I think we've got much more into this aggregation point on intelligence and sentiment, and therefore decisions and actions. And that doesn't stop you from doing your corporate planning. That doesn't stop you having massive programs. It's just that we've got all these micro entities that are in themselves with their own climate, their own challenges, their own needs. And we then sort of can report on them and act on them in a collective fashion. So I think that's how we do it. And I think HR has got such a prominent role to play in that because we have business partners, we have learning and development professionals who support different parts of the industry that they're in. Um, you know, they're all intelligent sources. So I think that's what we need to get more used to so that we stop the, um, you know, the big cascade down and it's more the micro um, kind of filter up. And so start from 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 more the, the employees need, but also do you think we need to personalize more what we are yeah. uh, doing for employees? Oh, yeah, definitely. So I think if anything, Remy, what's happened with this pandemic is it's forced the whole employee experience to become that audience of one thing, because quite literally everybody has got a different home circumstance, caring circumstance and so on and so forth. Um, so so with that may come the, the issue, which is like, how on earth do you brigade that need and demand to create anything consistent and applicable across the board? So I think this is where HR's role is less about policies that apply generically and more about principles that people can adopt and therefore adapt as well. So, yeah, I think we'll start to see some of that where HR will have to reconstitute its products and services so that it can meet that employee experience audience of one, but still have consistency, rigor, governance and all those kinds of things. But, but I like what it's realized, which is that accountability also sits in that one person. <laughs> so I think job descriptions are probably a great example where often there were quite generic cut and paste things. And I think now we've got the opportunity to say to people, well, we'll help you with a framework, but you create your job role and then we'll make sure that reflects your accountabilities and reward structure and so on. But individually, day to day, you know what you've got to manage. You work with your team, you work with your manager, and, and it's almost dispersed a little bit and I think HR will be doing a favor to its constituent audience by not insisting on generic things that don't really mean something to people but very personalized very experience-led performance and development sort of agreements um, and again I've seen that work in in sort of smaller technology companies and then again as they grow they sometimes think they have to change it but actually there is a way of meeting the scale with the individual Okay, I love it. This this idea of moving from uh, being the the policymaker to more yeah. work on on the on the principle uh, the principles. principles. Yeah. Thank you, Perry. Thank you very much for 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 your insight. That was very very interesting. Um, if we want to continue to have uh, um, this discussion with you, where can the audience reach out to you? Sure, I'm on LinkedIn, Remy. So I'm not difficult to find. There's only one of me. I'm on Twitter at Perry Timms, and um, the PTHR website is pthr.co.uk. Excellent. Um, so as we're recording this at the beginning of the year, do you have any good resolution for 2021, Perry? Good resolution? Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things I started to do, Remy, in the summer was that I read more. So I read more books and, and I found that what happened there was a couple of things. One, it sparked my imagination and got me thinking about work differently. But I just felt a little bit more enriched and insightful and useful to my clients and my colleagues. So my resolution is to continue with that reading and to share more of that reading. That's a nice one. Uh, I think I will, I will store this one as well. 
Thank you again, Perry. Very happy to, to have you on the show with us today. And thank you all for listening to Let's Talk HR, the podcast that helps HR to keep up in the changing world of work. You can find all the episodes on your favorite podcast platform. See you next time. Let's talk HR. Let's, let's, let's talk HR. Let's talk HR. Let's talk HR.